Good morning, guys, and welcome to the podcast. I am Rami. You know, today we're just heading into Christmas when I'm doing this podcast, and I'm thinking of crisis management. And it takes me back to 2001. 2001, at this stage, I am three years into my business, into my first restaurant. I own a couple of um, Delco's, which is a Domino's delivery business. I think I had three of them at this stage. And I get a little bit fancy. At this stage, I'm sort of, I'm getting involved in the business world, all the rest of it. So I start learning more and more about fine dining. And I want to get involved in the fine dining scene. I see myself as an entrepreneur now, ready to spread my wings. I've got my Richet's Restaurant Cafe. I've got one of them. I've got my three dominoes, as I say. And now I explore. I open my first fine dining restaurant. And I call it the Euro Restaurant. Now, I opened the Euro Restaurant just in time for the Christmas period, for the peak. For the peak of you know, the season where you make money. Um, so we rushed the building site. Uh, we rushed the building site. By the way, the restaurant is built in Liverpool. So it's built in the outskirts of the Sydney, outside of the CBD. Fine dining restaurants outside of the CBD. Anyway, I'll get into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, so I rush, we rush, we rush the building and we get it open. We get it open in November. We get the restaurant open in November. During this time, you know, I'm building a restaurant and people who have built restaurants know and you'll know when you do your project, whether you're renovating your home or whatever you're doing, you always run out of money. You always get to a point where money gets, you know, it shrinks. It, it's not enough. You always, I guess, underestimate what something is going to cost. And that's something that we all face in life. Nevertheless, we continue building this restaurant and I'll build the restaurant to a satisfactory standard and everything else. Now, I've got to explain one part of the restaurant. There's an indoor part of the restaurant and what's still very popular, and especially back then, what really became popular at that time back in 2000, 2001, was the alfresco dining. So that was very, very important. And the fresco dining, which is an outdoor dining courtyard that we built, it was beautiful. You know, we had the water tank in the middle. We, um, yeah, we, we went above and beyond. It was all about, really, the whole restaurant was the... The focus of it was this alfresco dining area. And what it had was, for for the ceiling or for the roof, we put a sail, a sail shade. So you see it down on the water. You see all those sail shades down on the Cronulla beaches and whatever beaches. It's a very beachy sort of look. Mind you, I'll go back. This is Liverpool, Western Sydney. So I don't know if it's the right design. But anyway, nevertheless, it, it was really hard to find somebody that could put a shade sail on the roof, it took a lot of engineering. Something I did not anticipate. The area was about 150 square meters, and to put it in perspective, you, you sit about a hundred people in there. A hundred people fitted in that courtyard. It was amazing for the western suburbs. Really, we overachieved in my eyes. There was a sale. There was everything. So, we opened this restaurant in time, and we're heading into. Like what I said, the Christmas period and people want to book out that area. Everyone locally who knew me from Richet's, you know, I was going around talking about this Euro restaurant. It was the biggest talk. It was a big talk in town. There's a fine dining restaurant opening up in Liverpool. Everybody knew about it. Back, you know, back then. There was no Instagram, no Facebook, none of that. It was just all word of mouth. Anyhow, the very first weekend we're opening, 
which was late November. And mind you, we were booked out, booked out, booked out. Now, people were booking because it's Christmas parties. And yeah, so people are booking us. The very first weekend, we, we, booked, we booked a Christmas party. And we booked a Christmas party for a school. It was a Catholic school. And I don't remember, the, I don't recall where it is, but I know where it is exactly. I could visualize it right now. It's down Elizabeth Drive, Liverpool. It's a private school, it's a private Catholic school. And they booked the Friday night for the school teachers to have their Christmas party there. They, um, you know, everything's going well. They're booked. They've got a set menu. You know, the set menu is like $60 a head. It's unbelievable. You've got to put it in perspective. This is fine dining. I'm usually running a Domino's pizza, which is selling $5, $6 pizza, or selling, you know, um, uh, a pizza at Roche's for $10, $15. So this is massive money. This is, this is Rami now becoming, hitting the big time. On the Wednesday, we get a massive storm. Um, and I'll go back to the shade cloth now. The shade, and I'll go back to running out of money. I couldn't get the best shade cloth. I couldn't get the best manufacturer in the country to put it up. I had to find someone on the cheap. And sure enough, what they did was a cheap job. And the evidence I have that it was a, uh, a cheap job is for those people who know the site, Hume Highway, Sydney, Liverpool, there's which is still a Rochez, by the way, it's a Rochez now. But anyway, there's Rochez, and across the road directly, uh, the Hume Highway has three lanes each way, so we're talking about six lanes, plus an island in the middle. That shade cloth on the Wednesday through the storm was blown off and ended up, this is, we're talking about 150 metre square shade cloth. So we're talking 15 metres by 10 metres. This is massive. This shade cloth ends up in McDonald's. Okay, this is a storm that we had on the Wednesday. I've got 100 people booked for the Friday night. Now, it's our fresco dining. There's no shade cloth. Look, it looks good. You look up and there's open air. But if rain comes, we're in trouble, right? The booking is Friday, 7 o'clock. I get up the morning of that Friday. This is a massive thing now. We, I got... It's really almost the opening of the restaurant. It's really, if you want to say, it's a, it's a first big event. It's, we're excited. I'm, I'm excited. My wife, Shani, is excited. Raymond is with me at this stage. We're all excited. The staff are excited. You know, we're all, we've been peeling prawns all night and doing fancy stuff and trying, you know, we're doing the fine dining stuff, um, which we were very poor at. But anyway, let's not go there now. And it was our first go at it. We get up on the Friday, excited, and then, the first thing my wife says to me, Raymond say to me, is because they're a little bit more, um, what, what can I say? They're a little bit, they plan a little bit better than me. They go, Rami, we've seen the weather and it says it's going to rain tonight. I'm like, it ain't going to rain. Me being the optimist I am, it ain't going to rain. They're saying it's going to rain. Like the weather's saying it's going to rain. You've seen the storm on Wednesday. What are we going to do with 100 people? We have to call them and cancel them. I, you ain't cancelling nothing. We're out of money too, but let's not worry about the financial state. You ain't cancelling nothing here. Anyway, so me being the crisis manager I am, I start calling around and I'll find a company, um, and I can't remember what they are. They're, they're still local, 20 years on. But what they did anyway, they, they could come out and they could put out a marquee. So they could come out, put a marquee over the 100, 100 square metre um, box, and I said, they come out. Anyway, the supervisor comes out because, again, well, he's a local business. 
So I was able to get him out quickly. This is about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock now. I'm getting him out. I said, listen, mate, can we do something here? He said, sure, sure. We'll put a marquee up, put some poles up here. We'll put a marquee. If it rains, well, at least they're inside, blah, blah. So what's it going to cost? He goes, $5,000. How much? $5,000. I've got $5,000. That's the truth. That's the truth. I don't have $5,000. I've just finished building a restaurant. I don't have that sort of money. Um, I look at the sky. I look down. I'm going, look, I'm all in. I have to gamble here. I'm going to hope and pray it doesn't rain. Mind you, this, the sky was blue. Yeah, it was a clear day. Only the forecast said it was going to rain. How often does the forecast get it right? Quite often, right? <laughs> in my eyes, being the optimist. Sure enough, six o'clock. Oh no, sorry, let's go back. So I've cancelled him, yeah? We're walking around, we're nervous. The team is nervous in case it's going to rain, but there's no sign of anything. About four o'clock, I reckon 4.30, you start seeing this dark cloud heading towards south, so towards Wollongong, and you start seeing this. Um, when I say dark cloud, there's nothing blacker than this, right? And I've got my wife and Raymond standing over me and the chef and the manager of the restaurant at the time going, rah, 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 rah. it's going to rain, rain, rain. Don't worry, don't worry. As I remember, you know, I sucked onto my finger and I put it up in the air to check which way the wind is blowing. And according to me, the black cloud was going to go in the opposite direction to where our restaurant is. Long story short, the cloud is travelling slowly and it's heading towards 6 o'clock. And at 6 o'clock, the customers arrive. I think 6 o'clock, quarter to 6, the first customer arrives and the, the people that first arrive are the, the, the organisers of the party, if you like. And they, they look and they're going, where is your shade cloth? I'm like, yeah, we look, we had a bit of an incident on Wednesday, you know, things flew out, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they were listening to me. I'll get it now. They were saying, there's rain coming in their heads. What are you doing, you little shit? How are you fixing it? Mind you, they're speaking to a 23-year-old boy too who thinks he knows it all, you know? And they're school teachers, and we know what school teachers are like. And they're thinking, and I'm going, they're going, but there's, it's going to rain. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, bright, blind Freddy, he can see what's going on. All right. It was, but I had to believe. I had to believe in what I was, and they were like, nah, this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be that. You know, and I'm going, look, guys, just calm down. You know, it will be all good. I didn't add, I had musos for him that day. So that's how big the party was. I organised a couple of musicians and blah, blah, blah. I go, look, there's going to be musos. It's all good. We'll get used to move inside if anything happens. Fully knowing, I've promised them inside now, but fully knowing that the inside part of the restaurant was also fully booked out. So there's no, it's not like, you know, and the inside of the restaurant carries about 60 people, just to put it into perspective. There's, and around the restaurant, it's not like there's a, there's a shed or a, or a roof they could go under. There is nothing here. It is clearly all outdoor now. Okay? Part, apart from the part where there's 50, 60 people that could sit, which is inside the restaurant. And I guess the bar area, which you could fit another 10, 15 people in. Anyway, they come in and they sit down. And as they arrive, they sit and it's getting darker and darker and darker. And I'm like, oh, God. Anyway, and here I am in my crisis management. Here I'm bragging about my crisis. My crisis management is get the bloody food out now. So anyway, so we got them through. I think we got to the entrees. That's right. So we get through the entrees. Right, we got breads out. Still no rain. 
where you got entrees out. And I reckon halfway through the entrees, the heavens open up. But when I say the heavens open up, you've never seen the heavens open up like that. It was like it was a storm. Yeah, it wasn't rain. It was like torrential rain. It was unbelievable. It was like hot day. What we know what happens in Sydney. Torrential rain. And I'm outside, right? And when it rained, like it didn't start sprinkling, it just went. Okay? So there's a hundred people sitting outside dressed up for a Christmas party. School teachers. They're not exactly, and if we know teachers, we all went to school, teachers aren't exactly relaxed, kicking back. You can imagine. They're fiery human beings. And I look across and I swear to God, now even I could see it. I look around and all what I see is heads sitting down. I look around the courtyard that I'm in. There's no Roman, no my wife, no manager, no staff, no one but me and the 100 people. That's all there was. And I felt every eyeball only looking in one direction. And that was at me. (sighs) And I swear to God right now, all what I visualised right now, at that moment when everything was looking at me, I look and I see this calamari in a plate floating, right? The calamari ring is floating, right? And at this stage, as the calamari ring is floating, the rain is so bad now, people have run in the direction of inside the restaurant. So now they are on top of, the people who have disappeared are on top of the diners who are booked in. So not only have I affected the 100 people outside, but I've, the 50, 60 people inside, they've got people standing all around them going, freezing and all dressed up, their makeup running down their face. You can imagine, it's a Christmas party. It's a Christmas party. Anyhow, I see this float and I swear to God, never fun. I like telling that part of this story too. I see two teachers and I don't know what they were doing, but it was two of them. I'll never forget that. We had napkins, right? So when I say fine dining restaurant, it's where you give them a white napkin. And two of the teachers had grabbed the white napkins that go on their lap and put it on their heads like umbrella. And because I'm in a panic stage here, I'm thinking, what a great idea. Why doesn't everyone else come out (laughs) and put the napkins on their head? What's wrong? Why can't they think like them? Anyway, it wasn't to be. And yes, I've got to add this part of it too. The musos who were getting paid by me, right, they were getting paid $100 each, they still stood there because as far as they saw it, they had to support me, right? And they're playing the music and my crisis management again was, play louder, louder, like as if that's going to fix the problem. I walk inside the restaurant. I'm looking for my wife, looking for Roman, looking for the management. No one to be seen. I swear to God there was no one except now another, not only the 100 people, but also another 60 customers who are, completely pissed because they're there to enjoy their Christmas function as well, but they got a hundred wet people standing on top of them. I I realise it's time now to fight a flight. Do I do I run away? Do I do the same thing that the others have done? Or do I stand there and face my and face my challenge? And that's where I honestly believe the crisis management was born in me. It's taken a bad, it took a something that's unbelievable and quite funny today. But for me to, I'd always look back at that moment and I think, okay, how did I react? How did I behave? How did I turn that situation around? And I'll tell you how I turned the situation around. It was quick thinking. And 
what made me, what's important is not what I did, and I'll tell you what I did, but that's, what, that's not what's important. At the end of the day, the core of me is about the customer. It wasn't about, it was about how do I satisfy this hundred people that are there now? Because that's how instinctively, instinctively I, that's how I behave. That's how I react. I, I, I focus on the customer. Now that's one thing. But now how do you focus on the customer and how do you, you fix the situation? But because my, my, in the forefront of my mind was how do I fix it for him, I grabbed the organisers and even say it was a panic station, even if say it was panic, I said, guys, what can we do? I was able to bring them together. Knowing they're from a school down the road, I said, what if we grab your food? Yeah, what if we grab your food and take it down to your school and have the function in your school and take the musos with us to your school? Now, quite luckily they had no other choice, but the point to the point of story is I didn't flee, I didn't run away. I stayed there and I faced my challenge. And I realized that to everything there's a there's a solution. And that's the day when I realized that I had in me something special that I could react in a crisis moment. Okay? So it took something really bad for me to sort of step up and find that in me. We ended up getting the food and it would have been like, you know, there would have been things like chicken, steaks, you know, your, your normal alternate meals. And we grabbed the team and we took the musées and we took the alcohol and we took everything down. We grabbed everything down, put them in the back of the cars and went down to the hall. And we had, I say we now, not them, I say we. We had the party of our life, okay, till about one o'clock in the morning. So we ended up turning customers who were potentially going to walk out, never come back to our restaurants, say absolutely horrible thing to some of them are lifetime friends now. Um... So I guess if all what I want you to take is from this is how how you could learn and how we all have the inner crisis management skill inside of us as long as we stand there and face it and not run away from it. I hope you've been able to enjoy my little story and you've been able to get something out of it. I've tried to make it a little bit entertainment, but hopefully I've also been able to give you a little bit of management skill out of it. Till next time, have a good one.